Good morning, everyone. Um, <clears throat> well, um, I wanted to start off today by addressing a problem that maybe many of us kind of are experiencing. Um, <clears throat> former First Lady Michelle Obama revealed last month that she is battling low-grade depression. And the truth is, she has lots of company. Um, personally, that's how I was feeling two weeks ago. And in fact, um, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, one, one in three Americans is dealing with symptoms of stress and anxiety, especially in this time. And so the reality is that isolation and loneliness makes depression even worse. Um, I know a story that my family on the other side of the house can appreciate. So uh, I know a story where a family went on vacation and they put their dog into a doggy hotel. Now, for some reason, the, the dog was in um, solitary confinement, so was isolated. So a couple of days later, the family came back, picked up their dog, and they found that the dog was missing because it had shed massive amounts of fur. Um, and the only reason they could think of was because of isolation. And so the family realized, oh my gosh, if this is true of pets, how much more true is this of human beings? Like we need relationships, right? But what has it been? It's been like five, six months of sheltering at home. And some of you, you live on your own and it's so isolating and it's so lonely. I mean, thank God for Zoom technology, right? But after you Zoom all day at work or at school, when you have free time, like the last thing you want to do is go back on Zoom. Like Zoom fatigue is a real thing. Okay, so this is the problem I'm trying to describe to you. Let's add this all up, okay? We're sheltered in place and it's causing this low-grade um, depression and then isolation and loneliness kind of makes us feel worse. And then Zoom technology is a grace from God, but at the end of the week, we are all Zoomed out. So when Friday comes around or Sunday comes around and it's time to connect to spiritual community, it's like, oh, I, I would rather just do something else. So, um, okay, that's our problem. Now, this is where I share a verse from Hebrews that I think just really hits the spot. And it goes like this. This is from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, 25. Okay. Let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Let me repeat that. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. <clears throat> now, the reasons why the original audience um, had stopped going to church is because they would say it's just too risky. Uh, people from the church went to go visit Christians in prison, and as a result, they were identified by the authorities like, okay, those are, you know, we, we, those are the Christians. We know where they live. 
And so they came and they stole property. So you just imagine like Bob from home group just had his home broken into because he was identified as a Christian. So just imagine people going, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go to home group for a very long time, you know? Now, they had their reasons why they were not going to church, and we have ours. Maybe it's Zoom fatigue. Maybe it's the desire to watch or do something else. But the author of Hebrews says, don't neglect meeting together. Don't neglect meeting together. And he gives two reasons why. The author says, let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. Let me hear you say, stir up. All right, I want to hear it. So my kids are yelling in the other room. I want to hear it. Stir up. Now, the idea is that at home group and on Sunday morning and whenever we meet, it's a spiritual conversation that is happening where the scriptures are open and the Holy Spirit is at work in people's hearts. And ultimately, you feel stirred up to go and to love people. Now, here's the second reason why uh, we should not neglect meeting together. The text says, all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let me hear you say, the day drawing near. Uh, A few days ago, people in the Bay Area woke up to a very orange reality. My friend was at the grocery store just going around asking people, hey, uh, you all religious? You know, Uh, my other friend um, sent me this text. And the text goes, I think I now have a better understanding of the biblical imagery of the sun turned to darkness and the moon into blood. Ha ha. And then he gives not like a smiley face, but like a, like a face going like that, you know, that day was a not so subtle reminder that Jesus is coming back. And we are preparing one another for that day. All the more as the day draws near. Now, what is church about? It's about preparing one another for that day. Now, not just so that you can be prepared, but so that you can be actively involved in preparing other people. Okay? So this is my modern paraphrase of this, like, amazingly relevant verse in Hebrews. Let us consider how we can stir one another to love and good works. Zoom fatigue is a real thing, but don't neglect meeting together. Encourage one another, even as the Lord reminded us through the orange day recently that indeed the day of Christ is drawing near. All right. Now for the rest of the message, I have a special application that I think will where you can really make someone else's day. And I think uh, it'll probably really make your day too. And I just want to encourage you all to do something that the staff is calling a sweet encounter. Can I hear you say sweet encounter? But before I explain that to you, what I'd like us to do is kind of take a step back and look at the bigger picture of what we're trying to achieve week after week. I'd like us for a moment just to ask, what does it mean for us to be the church? What does it mean for us to be the church? 
I mean, when Jesus said, I will build my church, what did he have in mind? Because, you know, six months ago, a lot of people might say that church is something you go to. On Sunday morning, it's like, yeah, I'm going to church. I'm going to this building. I'm going to church. You know, look at me. I'm going to church. And then COVID-19 hit which complicated a few things. So what do you mean when you say you're going to church? It means I am logging in on Sunday morning, you know? Is that what it means to go to church? What does it mean when someone says, I go to church? Or what did Jesus have in mind when he said, go to church, All right? Look at Luke 18, 28 to 30. Luke 18, 28 to 30. And Peter said to Jesus, see, we have left their homes and followed you. And Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. Okay. Now, I want you to think of this passage in context. Jesus is speaking to Peter, who has left his family, his wife, presumably his kids, his mother-in-law, and he literally left them in obedience to Jesus, who said to him, come follow me, Peter. So Peter is following Jesus, traveling from village to village, and they meet a rich man. Now, Jesus says to the rich man, in a sense, the same invitation that he gave to Peter, come and follow me. But the rich man says, no. Now, the rich man says, no, I do not want to leave everyone and all my things behind. And here is Peter going like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This guy said, no, you know, and he's looking at, you imagine looking at the other disciples. He said, no, we said, yes. He said, no, we said, yes. Lord, see we have left our homes and followed you. Jesus, we did what this man wouldn't do, i.e. indirectly. What do we get? What do we get? And here's Jesus. Here's Jesus, right? And he responds and he says, no one who has left his family for the sake of the kingdom will not receive many more in this time. Many more what? Many more what? Brothers, kids, parents. What is Jesus referring to? He's referring to the church. Now, no one who has left brother or parents or children will receive many more times in this life. So how close are relationships at church supposed to be? Oh my gosh, as close as a brother, as close as parents, as close as your own children. Deep, deep connectedness where you are known and you are loved. What does this mean? It means that going to church is supposed to feel like coming home. According to Jesus, the church is the reward <laughs> that you get if you leave your biological family for the sake of the gospel. It's like, are you kidding me? Really, Jesus? Now, you can imagine someone like leaving their biological family for the gospel, for the kingdom of God. And it's like, what do they get? Jesus, what do we get? And, and you know, it's like, ta-da, you get the American version of church. Whereas before you like went to a building, but now you get to tune in online, you know, like, and you imagine someone, I gave up my family for this. Okay. So, so, so what's wrong here? If, if you find the American version of church deeply dissatisfying, what's wrong here? So either the vision of Jesus for the church is lacking, 
no, I don't think that's it. Or Americans have not lived up to the vision that Jesus had for his church. Ah, I think that's it. Here's the point. Church is not a style of teaching and worship that you like. Church is not a program that you consume. It's a family that you join. It's a family where you're known and you're loved. It's a family where there's deep connection. And that all takes intentional time and commitment to develop. But it's worth it. You know, I've been at our church for almost 17 years. 17 years. When I came to the church, I was the young guy, okay? Now I'm sitting in our pre-meeting, and I'm like 20 years older than everyone else. But, but for the rest of the message, what I'd like to do is just share a few stories of where I've seen a glimpse of what Jesus was talking about, of what the author of Hebrews was talking about when they talked about church. So what was it about church that made Jesus say it's a reward worth leaving your biological family for the gospel for? Well, I've seen a few glimpses of this church that Jesus must be talking about, even at CLC, and I just want to share a few of these stories. Okay, first one is this. I remember when Sharon Chin was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Um, Sharon, uh, she gave so much of herself to our church. You know, she led a home group. She headed women's ministry. (laughs) She even mentored my wife. So when she was diagnosed with cancer, um, all of our hearts broke and the community just really like rallied around her and the family prayer and cards and meals. And so I remember going to visit Sharon before she passed away. It was near Easter. So I went into her basement and I sat next to her and she was so gaunt and she was so weak, but she managed to look at me The only words she could say were three words. She said, he is risen. And I was looking at her basement and Kevin had put all the cards and all the pictures and all like a thousand cranes. And I was looking at these pictures and these cards and a lot of them were from our church family. And then Sharon said to me that as she sits here, She looks at all these pictures and all these cards and she sees the love of her friends and her family. And she said to me, I see God's love through them. I think at that moment, I saw a glimpse of the church that Jesus was talking about. I saw a glimpse of the reward in this life that Jesus was talking about. It's a community where you are known and loved and cherished and people rally around you. And as one author put it, it's a place where you die in each other's arms. Here's another story. I remember when Monty was very, very sick, very, very sick. And he was was put into this unbearable white MRI chamber with all this noise and pinging and claustrophobia. And he just couldn't stand it. He couldn't bear it. It was unbearable to Monty. But as he closed his eyes, he envisioned the folded hands and the prayers of the people in his home group who were lifting him up in prayer. And that gave him just enough peace to endure. You see, church is not a 
a worship service that you consume. It's a family that you love and you serve with, where you are known, where you share a common mission, where people sacrifice for you and you sacrifice for other people. Church is not a program that you consume. It's a family that you join. It's a family that you're a part of. I'll tell you one last story. It's a story of my home group. Uh, I'm part of a home group, and it took years and years of investment to get it to where I think it is now. Like, come Friday, I find myself actually looking forward to spending time with my homies. Um, Honest confession, I I used to not. (laughs) You know, you're, you're tired after a long week, and it was discipline, if I'm honest. But now we laugh together and we share stories and it's like family. One time when we split up between the men and the women for sharing, one time a brother said to us, hey, I'm telling you this and I haven't even told my wife this yet. And, oh, you know, wait a second, I wasn't sure that's entirely good, but, but, but that brother didn't say that two years ago. It took time to develop that community where you can just be honest and real and intimate. Raina and I celebrated our anniversary a couple weeks ago, and uh, we got a call from a member of our home group, you know, like, hey, we hear it's your anniversary, we want to come over, and we're like, "Ah, I don't know, it's shelter in place. But she's like, no, come on, it'll just be for a little bit, we want to do this. So, they came over, and this is what we did. Frank, can you show that picture? So it was this amazing spread of, I mean, they, they brought us Hainan chicken. I found out later it took 30 minutes to stir fry the garlic, 30 minutes of just continual stirring, you know, handmade flowers, hand-painted murals, candles, champagne. I mean, these, this is from crazy, busy, working people who don't have time. And they knew it was our last anniversary that we would spend in America before moving to Taiwan. So they wanted to make it special for us. Raina said to me, this was the nicest anniversary that we have ever had. And I was like, what? (laughs) Wait a second, you know? (laughs) Uh, But I'm sure she's right. It was another glimpse for me of what Jesus was talking about when he is talking about the church. The church is your reward. The church is your true family. Now, let's go back to this problem that we talked about earlier, remember? One in three Americans are suffering from stress and anxiety. Isolation and disconnection in shelter in place just makes it worse. Now, added to that, after a long week, when it's time to bond, we're just Zoomed out. We're just Zoom fatigued. The problem, again, is that if we're not careful, COVID-19 is going to disconnect us. Well, Pastor Ben and Lynn and the staff team are putting together plans for a new ministry called CLC Cares. And the purpose of this ministry is to build church community during this challenging season of COVID-19 that actually is kind of pulling us apart. 
So we want to be very intentional. And so we've developed this new ministry. Now, the idea is that COVID-19 cannot stop us. It cannot stop us from finding safe ways to connect. So if you are Zoom fatigued, we totally understand how about this idea. We're calling it a sweet encounter. Okay. So this is the idea. This is the application for our church. All right. It's where you buy a boba or a snack or something sweet and you go pay a visit to another person from our church. Okay. Boba in hand, in one hand, the mask on the other, actually mask should be on your face, right? Um, You ring the doorbell, um, you ring the doorbell, you stand six feet apart, and you have a conversation right there at the doorstep. Now, we'd like to encourage you all to, to do this uh, for someone at church, but not in your home group, just to encourage not just deeper community, but wider community. Okay, so remember, why are we doing this? Because church is not a program that you consume. It's a family that you come home to. And of course, we would never ask you to do something as a staff team that we are not willing to do ourselves. And so here is a video of our staff team doing a sweet encounter. We're going to close with this video. I'm here doing a special delivery to the Kim family because we are CLC and we care. So let's mosey on over. Hi. Hello. Wave. Hi. <laughs> I brought some fresh fish. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, look at that. Happy person. Yay. Okay, our next stop is we're going to have a sweet encounter with uh, David and Wendy Lou! 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 Okay, and I have my main accomplice here in the back. Say hello to... Hello, my Joes. What's, what's a Joe? I want a sweet encounter. I'm Noel. I want you to do some steady camera work, right? Faces, names, tell a story. It's all up to you. Let's go. Hello. Oh, hey. 
I'm waiting for Christine to come. And I'm doing my CLC cares moment and I got her some. Got her some boba. And a nice little card there, so let's see where she is. Encounters, it's because DLC cares about you. <laughs> um, yeah, have have a sweet encounter. Uh, not, not a cheesy one, but, uh, you know, because we already brought the cheese. So, um, no, but church family, let's embrace the vision that Jesus had for the church. The church is not just a program. It's family. It's family. And our relationships um, are, have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, you know. And so, um, so it takes time. It takes investment. It takes intentionality. How about it? Uh, pray with me. Pray with me. Mm -mm. Um, dear Father, I, I thank you that you did not create us to be alone. <clears throat> but one of our great rewards in following Jesus, one of the great rewards of being redeemed by his blood, is that we get a new family. We get a true family where we can be known, we can be loved, we can serve together, we can worship you together. And I pray that we would not settle for some kind of like less than American version of that church, but we would embrace the vision of church that Jesus gave us. So dear Lord, help us during this time to actually pull together instead of letting COVID-19 pull us apart. All for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.